Welcome to the Table Podcast. We hope what you hear today inspires joy in your heart and causes you to be convinced that God is good and He is for you. Enjoy the message. This series is called Think Like Jesus. And so I believe it's going to challenge us in many ways, but also bring freedom into our lives because it already has for me. It's one of those things where when we have a relationship with Jesus and we come to a place where we start examining his life from a relational perspective and from a lens of like love, we realize he has some really deep insight on how we can approach different things in our lives. And, and I don't know why, I guess maybe when you get closer, you know, to the Lord, you can read a passage one time and it just goes, oh, yeah, that's sweet. And then the next time you read it, you're like, oh, I need that. I think that the closer that you get in relationship to God, you know, his word uh, becomes more of that to you. And so um, what's really cool about this is that we, we have been given the wisdom of God on how to process life. But we've also been given the spirit of Christ, and we've been given insight into the mind of Christ. So he didn't just live this perfect life and say, you'll never be able to do this. He lived it as us and through us, so he's showing us this is your life. And I think that's what's exciting about the life in Christ is we're not seeing anything that by the spirit we can't emulate. He didn't hang something over our head and say, well, you know, I'm the perfect one. So like, good luck ever being like this. No, he's like, you're going to be like this. He even said greater things than these will you accomplish. So he was celebrating the fact that we could go beyond the places where he even was in his earthly ministry because now we have his spirit and we have permission to live like Jesus, love like Jesus, think like Jesus, all of it. Y'all better say amen. That's exciting. Ooh, because I was tired of the way I was thinking. I was tired of the way I was living, and I'm glad that I found out that he gave me a new life in him. See, it's through relationship with Christ that right thinking is produced, and we begin to conform to his image. And because we're in Christ and we have his spirit, this part of us, the spirit in us, is in agreement with God. Wrap your head around that for a second. The spirit within us, that is Christ's spirit, agrees with God. Wow. But our soul, which is the mind, will, and emotions, and our body are still conforming to this new image. See, the mind is the part of us that reasons and thinks. It's the part of us that processes our identity, perception, and experiences. And Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks within himself, so is he. What you think frames your reality, even if it's different than God's intention. Uh-oh. Uh. What you think will begin to frame your reality, even if that wasn't God's intention. So what is this saying? What we think matters. What we think is not always true, but it matters. It matters to God the way that we perceive ourselves, the way that we see life, the way we see our experiences. And now we're starting to understand that we have a different lens that we can look through if we allow the Spirit of God to tell us what is true. If we allow the Spirit of God to tell us what is right, then we can get our minds to agree with that. It took me a long time to understand that when Paul was saying we had to renew our mind is because our old pattern of thinking doesn't align with our new nature. 
We've been given a new spirit that agrees with God. So that means we have to get our minds in a place where our mind agrees with God. And that is the process of renewal. What you think will affect your choices and your choices drive your feelings or the other way around. Some people's emotions drive their choices. Not good. We're going to talk about that. It's important for us not only to identify with the humanity of Jesus, but to also consider that he that we've been given the ability to think and reason like Jesus. Because he had our skin, yet he always chose God's will. Uh-oh. So we can discover. I wouldn't talk about the lights, ain't that funny? <laughs> um, we can discover so much more joy. We can discover so much more life when we learn that we have the ability to think like Jesus. So you know what I got to do. And if you, if you know me at all, you know where I'm going. Yes, we, we've got to go to Genesis. It, it, I do it. I do it all the time. What better place to start than the beginning? So I looked at this um, devotional which I don't check out very often, but I like the title because it said, New Mind, New Man. And I said, hey, that goes aligned with what I'm talking about. Let me see what you're saying. So there's this lady by the pastor of Lisa Singh. She's pretty awesome from New York. She says this quote. I don't know if I actually put this on the screen, but I'm going to say it to you. The spirit of man, this is in the beginning, when creation began with man. It says this, the spirit of man was superior and governed the soul and the body, and they communicated with God with their spirit. Oh, my goodness. It never dawned on me, I guess because you have to have moments where you just read things and just something comes out. It's like, okay, in the beginning, God said, let us create man in our image, in our likeness. And we now know that means that because we've been given the ability to reason, we've been given the ability to make choices, which is will. That is the only thing that humanity has been specifically designed with. Animals don't have that. They don't have that same ability as we do. He gave us free will. But here's the other thing that I forgot. When Adam was being formed from the dust in the ground and his body is being shaped by God, I'm pretty sure there was a brain in there. But... In order for him to come alive, what did he need? Breath. Where did the breath come from? God. What is the word breath interchangeably translated to in the Hebrew? Spirit. In the beginning, our body and our mind was already in the concept of God, but the spirit was the bonus package that could only come from him directly. We became a living being only after the Spirit of God came into us. But here's what we don't realize, that we are still spirit beings now. This is very critical. Maybe you were like me, and all my life I thought, I'm just a soul in a body. I did for a long time, because I was like, all right, this whole spirit thing, well, if that really worked, then why does my mind still think this, and why does my body still want this? So where's the other part of me? Because we never talked about our three parts. We are spirit, soul, and body. 
because God breathed his spirit into us, that is more of our identity than the other pieces. Spirit is what we are the most. And I do not think that we process things this way because everything that Christ did in his redeeming work would make a lot more sense if we would remember that we're spiritual beings. There's this quote that I I found in my study. And and it says that instead of us thinking that we are a physical being with a temporary spiritual experience, is actually we're a spiritual being with a temporary physical experience. When you switch it, a lot of things change from your perspective because you realize that as this body fades, as all of this goes away, there is a part of me that will live and that is the spirit. And that's the part that's engaging with God. That's the part that's connecting with him. And we have to acknowledge that. See, before the fall of man, we were designed to be in tuned with the spirit of God continually. This is how Adam and Eve were intimately close to God without shame. When Satan came to tempt Eve in the garden, this was his invitation. Give away your spirit-led life for reasoning, choosing for yourself, and feeling. Hmm. So let's look at Genesis chapter 3. Verse 4 through 7 says this, The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. This word for knowing is yada, which means to have knowledge and to be wise, but this is apart from the divine influence of God. Here was the temptation. He was saying, Eve, Why don't you think your own thoughts apart from God? Why don't you have your own feelings? Why don't you choose your own life apart from God? Because I feel like once you do that, you'll realize that there's more for you. You see, the temptation was for us to disengage with the most pure aspect of who we are and the most beautiful bond that we've ever had. And because Eve was deceived into thinking that that was something worth grasping, she traded her spirit life for a life of being consumed with her thoughts, consumed with her feelings, always have to make all the choices and paying the the price for everything. Now, if it would have been somebody on the side in her ear telling her what that really meant, we all know she probably would have been like, no. Or maybe she still would have said yes. We know that God allows us to choose. And so we don't condemn, you know, this situation, but we understand one thing. This is our same bent now. We still want to think, reason, choose, and control our emotions. We still want to do all of that without God's influence. And this is why it is our nature. (laughs) After this choice, humanity was sealed to always see life this way. So just think about their condition. She goes on to, to... actually process this in verse six when the woman saw the tree was good for food now the body's involved and now it was a delight to the eyes again the body and that the tree was desirable to make one wise now the mind is here the mind is is involved with this decision she took from its fruit and ate it now her will's involved 
because the choice was submitted to the mind. And, and now she's abandoned the spirit. Then she gave to her husband also, and he ate. Then the eyes of them both were open, and they knew. This, this knowing is carnal, not spiritual, which means now they can process in their own heads. And this is the part that keeps us in some trouble. They gave themselves over to being deceived and realized, now I have to think of everything for myself. She says they knew they were naked. Now their innocence is gone. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. So now Adam and Eve are no longer able to discern the heart of God and the intentions of God because those were spiritual realities. Let me say that again. When they made this decision, they were no longer able to tell the heart of God or the intentions of God. How do we know that? Because later on it says they ran from him when he called out to them. See, the Spirit of God would have known that he was a safe place. The Spirit of God would have known God coming is a good thing. But because now they've been left to their mind, will, emotions, and body, they can't discern that about God anymore. So they hid. Without the Spirit... We cannot process the goodness of God. We cannot process the intentions of God. The part of them that saw God rightly was gone. This is why they hid. See, I believe now they knew more about their brokenness instead of his compassion. Now they know more about shame than they do about unconditionally of love because the spirit died in that moment. And they were no longer able to see the glory and the goodness of God. When their eyes were opened, their spiritual eyes closed. When their carnal eyes opened, their spiritual eyes closed. This is the part of us that's been redeemed in Christ. This is the part of us that has been renewed. This is the part of us that has changed. The part of us that was not able to see the beauty and the glory and the goodness and the love of God has been restored. Jesus came so that we could come alive again in him because God wanted us to be restored to him relationally. He wanted us to have that deep knowing that he is for us and he wanted us to live in that reality again because that's where love is. I believe that Jesus allowed us to live life in the spirit and that's been the most beautiful part. Yes, I am grateful that he dealt with sin. But there's so much more to what Jesus did by his spirit that we're still enjoying the fruit of every day. And that's life with him. We now can see that God is for us. We can now see that God has always been for us. We can now see that he's always loved us, that there's never been a disconnect in his heart towards us. This is the most beautiful part of what happened. We get to see again. We get to see our Father again. And that image will never be taken away. What's so beautiful about this is if you've encountered this type of love, even if you didn't think it was by the Spirit, it was. Your logical mind did not come to the conclusion that God is good. Your spirit did and told your mind that was the reality. Mm. Romans 6 tells us 
that we've been united with Christ in his death and resurrection, and we have died to sin. This really means that we have died to being controlled by our mind, will, and emotions, and we're not a slave to them anymore. Now the Spirit of God is leading us. He put to death the old nature that was blind to, to the beauty of God and raised us up to the new life that says we can see you, we can know you, we can, we can relate to you, we belong to you. That reality came because of the Spirit of God. John 17, 3 says this. Jesus says, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now, the word I gave you before for Eve's knowing was intellectual. It was all about the mind. This knowing is gnosko, which means to recognize and to understand completely. But this is a relational knowing. Jesus says now, from relationship. You get to understand who God is. You're not just having a mental ascent. Your spirit is connecting with the spirit of God, and you're building an eternal bond. You've built this bond that's going to last for our eternity. And, and it's, even if your mind hasn't even fathomed it, your spirit is living in that reality. I find that very joyful. <laughs> Because just because I can't think it all the time doesn't change my position. Because my emotions can't feel it doesn't change my position. I'm in Christ whether I think it or feel it. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for what the spirit of Christ has really provided for me. The challenge is for me now to allow the spirit to awaken my mind and help me govern my emotions. The challenge is to lean into the spirit that we've been given and to begin to dialogue with Jesus and understand now what should life be like for me? Now what does it look like? Because now I'm not in shame. I'm not running from God. I'm not seeing him in the wrong light. I finally get to see him again as a father. Jesus has restored that. It's beautiful. Now what do I do with it? Every day. We, we have these moments to encounter the heart of God and listen to him. And I kept asking the Lord, I was like, what kind of example, you know, could I give for this, you know, just in my daily life or something that just happened for me? And this is like actually a sensitive one to share, but oh, well, whatever. So <laughs> when you begin to renew your mind and you're, you're focusing on what Christ says about you and, and he says that, you know, you're pure. And I was like, oh, Okay. Some of my past actions don't really reflect that, but the Spirit says it, so I receive, right? Well, here's the thing with, with, with where I was struggling. I was like, all right, I am not a slave to lust. I am not a slave to anything that looks, you know, uh, impure. But for whatever reason, there's still a disconnect in, in, in my relationships with the opposite sex. I, I wasn't actually engaging, but I was setting wrong boundaries. And I was like, how do I reconcile knowing that I'm pure in Christ and, and knowing that I don't want to engage in this, but I still have these feelings? And I kid you not, <laughs> the Holy Spirit was like, stop letting them dudes come to your house. And I was like, oh, this is the mind of Christ. 
Because before the spirit was in me giving me wisdom, I would not have made any connection with that. I would have thought there's something wrong with my spirit. God has to go back and do something and fix me again because I still want to do the things that I used to do. And I just would have beat myself up. But, but, but the spirit of God says, no, you don't have a lust problem. You have a boundaries problem. And I was like, what? So then I set the boundary and I never had to repeat those cycles again. And I was like, this mind of Christ is cool. It's really cool how just a one shift in your perspective lets you know this wasn't really your reality. It says flee youthful lust because the Lord knows you can't run from the dark when you're already up in there. When you're watching a movie and you connected to somebody and you have feelings and desires, you, you got to flee. You know, before then, I was just like, oh, well, just it's fine. You know, I'm OK. And then I wait till I'm uncomfortable. No. When the spirit of Christ really starts to teach you how to think about these things, you realize there's a simple solution here. Set a boundary. When I set the boundary, I didn't want those things that I, that I thought I did. Next thing you know, I'm walking on to the next thing, and, and it's great. And I haven't had any issues, and it's just like I'm not stumbling. In. And I'm like, wow, really? The spirit of Christ will help you. He will give you wisdom. And it, it seems like really small. And, and my friend was like, that seems kind of prude. And I was like, well, you do you. Because <laughs> this method is working. <laughs> this method is working. <laughs> it is not working for nobody else. It's working for me. Praise God. But I was able to understand after that point that the longings that I really had was because I wanted to be connected to the presence of God. So there's the next level. The companionship and the things that you used to compromise for, now you realize that's never what you really wanted. What you wanted was to enjoy the presence of God. What you wanted was to really encounter his heart and, and to feel his affection because that's pure and you don't compromise for that. Oh, <laughs> look, changed my life, changed my life. And then, you know, if, if, I, if I ever got to the point where I was just like, okay, I'm good now in my spirit. I'm good now in my spirit. And I tried to test that bad boy. Nope. I'm telling you, when the wisdom of God gives you something, it works. And you don't have to go back. But do you know how liberating it was for me to realize I didn't have a lust problem? Do you know how liberating it was for me to realize I really am the righteousness of Christ, but righteous people set boundaries? Game changer. And then on top of that, he began to say, did you know you were a daughter and that you're worth more than this? And that when I designed you, that you were supposed to be in covenant to enjoy the best of these things because that's what you're worth to me. And that took me to another level. And I started to realize, man, I'm glad that I'm connected to the spirit of God. I'm glad we have a deep enough relationship where he can start to lean in and help me understand it's not that we don't want to live right. It's just we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> all of us want to be free from all these things. We just have to lean into the spirit of God that shows us how we live it out daily. I, I may have said this a couple of weeks ago. I, I counseled a young uh, lady and, you know, it was really interesting because she really just wanted to know, what, what am I supposed to do with Jesus? She didn't want to live the way she lived before, but she just didn't have a clue. 
She was like, why does this have to change? Why do, you know, because that's the reason. We, we try to do behavior changes instead of letting people know who they are by the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God will begin to teach. The Spirit of God will be able to, to, to comfort you and to let you know what is true. And, and so if we try to say, fix this behavior and this behavior and this behavior, that's wrong. Leaning into the Spirit of God and letting the Spirit of God teach you what righteousness looks like daily to me, that's a greater experience that produces the fruit of changed behavior. God had to give me the, the, the truth about where I was before I could change what I did, about who I am. When he, when he reali- made me realize, like, your position in Christ and you've been given the fullness of everything you need, then I stopped trying to get it from other places. But there's no way to know that if you're not connecting with the Spirit. Give God the space to teach you that's what he wants to do. He's so legit. So First <laughs> Corinthians chapter 2, I love this, uh, verses 11 through 13. This kind of brings home what I've been saying. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the what? Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we may know things freely given to us by God. He's telling us, man, you got a front row seat of communion with God. You're completely connected to him now. And if you want to know what he's thinking, he'll con- he's connected to you now. You're, you have the ear to hear. You're able to respond to him. The things which we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Basically, he's saying, the Spirit of God is the one that's going to teach you. Yes, I do believe that human wisdom plays a role in, in, in our discipleship, and if there's someone speaking into your life, that's great. But the Spirit of God is an all-access pass. When nobody else is available to speak, he's still speaking. And and even when people are speaking into your life, you'll want to reference against the spirit. (laughs) You'll want to make sure that this aligns with the heart of God and what he's telling you in in the secret place and through the word and through the person of Christ. And and that's what we're going to be reconciling over the next few weeks is what we're thinking. Does it embody the character of Christ, the motive of Christ, the heart of Christ? And when we're able to align that and the spirit confirms it, guess what? Our lives start to change in a beautiful way. We are now able to commune with God in ways that defy human understanding. We can hear from God and receive wisdom. And this is what it means to have a spirit-led life. Y'all, I did not know this. I did not know that apart from my thoughts, there was another aspect of me that was always in agreement with God that I could actually submit to. And then my mind would actually go to the right places. We always say, yeah, we have his spirit. We have his spirit. But do we realize what we have with his spirit? It's a lot more than what I realized. And every day that we, we really connect with God, and I mean, it can happen through prayer. It can happen through worship. Um, you know, sometimes to me, I describe the spirit as like an inspired thought that I know didn't come from my intellect. There's no way that I would have been able to know this or reason this or come up with this. Like there's aspects of things that God speaks that I'm like, okay, no. I ain't that smart. Mallory always gives me for saying that, but I'm for real. 
I'll be like, look, this is the Lord. And and when we get to be able to connect with him in conversation and he just gives us life-changing insight, you're like, okay. So when I was trying to beat other things in my head and I was trying to force myself, don't say that, don't do this, don't stop doing something. The Lord was like, I didn't give you you to fix that. I gave you the spirit. I didn't give you repetition and, and memorization. I gave you a spirit. You have my spirit. That part of you is what knows my will. That part of you is what knows my heart. So have your mind aligned and you're going to be all right. <laughs> I just get it. I know. I know. I'm like so many things going through my head right now. <laughs> Um, when I realized what was being made new in me, I think I gave myself a lot more grace. When I thought that my brain was being made new, like just like that, and then I'm still filtering like terrible thoughts, and I'm like, wait, I thought I was new. And he's like, yeah, not that part. (laughs) Like this is the part that's being renewed. And I was like, oh, I still don't get it. You know, like, it took me a second. I'm like, I thought all I was was my brain and my body and my emotions. Like, I'm, am I the only person that really thought that? Maybe so. That's fine. Y'all spiritual. Y'all deep. Y'all been knowing you as spirit beings. I, I really didn't make that connection. And, and so for me, no, I love that. For me, it just took me some time to realize I'm not wrestling with everything internally. I, I'm not working out these things all through the mind. Thank God. If I really allow the spirit of God that is in me to come alive, then I really can enjoy the goodness of God consistently. Even if my emotions and my thoughts are not there, this is just a good reality for me to understand and to live in daily. Because I've been, I have been struggling. I think that's why people always come up to the altar like a whole bunch of times because they're like, okay, well, this thing is still not changed, so that must be, it didn't work. It's because they don't know that the Spirit of God has already changed. And, and so then you're like, of course it's not working, because if you're trying to renew your mind with your mind, you're in trouble. If you're only leaning into that one part of you, that one facet of you, that's not the facet of you that readily connects with God. It's the spirit that does that. And so we have to live a spirit-led life and learn what the implications of a spirit-led life are. I don't know why, and maybe it's just because we just haven't really had it explained, you know, just plain and simple. Like, you have a spirit. You have a spirit. Period. And it is nothing like your mind, will, and emotions. And it's been redeemed. And it, it loves who God is constantly. It wants to obey God constantly. So the conforming is for our thoughts. Romans 12, 2 says this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove, which means approve or confirm what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable, perfect and pleasing.
Remember, in the other passage, we realize no one knows anything about what the mind of God is unless it is the Spirit, unless it is by the Spirit. So then when he says to renew your mind so that you may prove or confirm the will of God, that means the Spirit is involved in this process too. What is the worldly way? Living without the Spirit of God's influence in your life? The worldly way is to say, what do I think about this? What do I feel about this? What do I do about this? And that's it. What are we missing when we do those three things? The Spirit. We're missing the part of us that's connected to God. So what do we have to do? We have to be able to change the way that we think and let the Spirit of God influence that. What is the life of the Spirit? What is the renewed life? It's allowing God to lead our mind, will, and emotions by His Spirit. Next week, we're going to get into Matthew chapter 4. And when Jesus goes to the wilderness, it does not say he thinks about going to the wilderness. It does not say he reasons to go to the wilderness. It does not say he feels like going to the wilderness. It says he was led by the Spirit. So when we see this, we have to begin to say, oh, wait. There really is a leading that goes beyond our feelings, beyond our thoughts, beyond our choices, that takes us places that we didn't intend to go. But what comes out of that place, I ain't going to tell you too much, what comes out of that place is something very beautiful. Short version as I'm closing. Intimacy with God. Direction. Energy to go forward. Equipping, empowering. And when the enemy tries to come against it, he's already firmly planted. But his mind didn't lead him there. His feelings didn't lead him there. It says the spirit led him there. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. At the table, we are discovering Jesus together. If you were encouraged by today's message, do us a favor and subscribe to this podcast. That way you never miss out on future episodes. Also help us get the word out by sharing this podcast on your preferred social media platform. To keep up on what's happening in our community, you can follow us on Facebook at The Table or on Instagram at The Table CCLA.